0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on UnderdogFantasy.com with the promo code LOCKED ON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I'm Dave Schultz, afternoon host on Sports Radio 1055 WNSP in Mobile. I cover the South Alabama Jaguars, formerly in Lafayette, Louisiana, with 1037 The Game. Speaking of such, we will be joined later on by Kevin Foote, Raging Cajun's beat writer for the Acadiana Advocate and mid morning show host on 1037 The Game. We'll get to Kevin in a little bit, but let's do a little predictions for week five. We do need to go over what happened in week four, and whoa, 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 I went 6 and 1. I should have done a little bit more on this, although the teams that won, I was not right on. But if you did with the covering from Bet Online AG, you made out really well south alabama took down la tech that was an easy cover 38. first up south alabama took down louisiana tech they covered that ball game 38 14 the spread was 15 and a half ulm uh, beat louisiana so i had ulm covering the spread louisiana was a favorite on the road i thought ulm would cover i thought louisiana would win but all that really matters is the covering part and ulm covered uh, JMU, I thought, would cover. Uh, I thought App State would win, but JMU covered and won. Georgia Southern covered and won. Old Dominion is the only one that did not cover. They were way behind Arc State. They came from behind. It was a four-and-a-half point spread. They won by three, their first Sun Belt victory. Southern Miss not only covered, which I said, but they won as well, which I did not say. They beat Tulane 27-24. Nice win there for Will Hall, his second Win this season. Texas State no line against Houston Baptist, and they blanked Houston Baptist. Nice win there for the Bobcats, 34 nothing. And this one I did predict and got it right both ways. Troy not only covered but beat Marshall. Marshall all of a sudden's lost a couple in a row uh, since beating Notre Dame, uh, and Troy does beat the Thundering Herd uh, in in Troy, Alabama last weekend. Let's preview Week Five uh, along with the betting lines, which you can all find at. BetOnline.ag. Army hosting Georgia State. Army is seven and a half point favorite. They are one and two overall. Georgia State is zero and four. And I'm not sure this is going to be the place for Georgia State to get that victory. Andre Carter, the second one of the top outside linebackers in the country, uh, he anchors the defense for Army. Can Georgia State slow down Army and you know stop that rushing attack? I think Army is going to cover this ball game. This is a crazy line. I mean, if you are a Texas State fan, James Madison is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas State. That is just a ton of points for an in-conference football game. Now, Texas State struggles. They did beat Houston Baptist last week. JMU down 28-3 to to App State. Comes back and beats one of the better teams in the Sun Belt. But that is a lot of points. Doesn't Texas State have to keep this one a little bit closer? You know what? I don't think they're going to. They lost to Nevada, 38-14. to Now, they did beat FIU, 41-12, to and we'll get into them more in a second, but they're no good. They lost to Baylor. Baylor is one of the top teams in the nation, 42-7. to So, I don't think that the Bobcats keep this one close. I think JMU is going to continue to roll. Uh, they're one of the top offenses in the nation, and I think JMU covers uh, this ballgame. Cajuns hosting South Alabama. We've been talking about it all week. If you've been listening to Locked On Sunbelt, A, I'm very familiar with both of these teams, uh, and B, I think South Alabama is just the better football team. It is a nine-point spread. Jaguars 3-1, and one, Cajuns 2-2 two and two coming off of two road losses. I think South Alabama wins this by at least two scores. I actually have it. I gave a couple of scores in Thursday's podcast, but I'm going to go 34-17 South Alabama. I think it's a not necessarily an easy win, but a comfortable win. This is a tough ball game for ODU. They are hosting Liberty. Liberty, very good offensively. Kind of one of the more balanced teams around. They average about 400 yards and 200 in the air and 200 on the ground. So what can ODU do? They were way down to Arkansas State. Come from behind to defeat. Uh, Arkansas State the Red Wolves uh, 29-26. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. I think ODU takes care of Liberty uh, at home to get another Sun Belt win. The defense is absolutely going to have to step up for uh, the Monarchs. Coastal Carolina nine and a half. Uh, They're 4-0. Georgia Southern 3-1. This all kind of depends and pay attention on Saturday if Grayson McCall is going to play for Coastal Carolina. I haven't seen the Line move all that much. So right now, I guess he's expected to play, but just be careful with that. I still think Georgia Southern's going to cover uh, the spread. Georgia Southern's only loss is on the road, and it was by more than 10 points. Uh, but I think Georgia's, uh, to UAB and Birmingham, and UAB's pretty good. But I think Georgia Southern covers the spread, uh, especially if Grayson McCall uh, does not play or is a little bit, uh, slowed up a little bit. Uh, Arkansas State, uh, one and three. They're a seven-point favorite at home against ULM. I'm going to like Monroe in this one. I think Monroe may actually win this one, but I think they're definitely going to keep it closer uh, than a touchdown and all of a sudden Monroe is another potential uh, Sun Belt West uh, champion if they can take down Arkansas State on uh, the road. Another big ball game, Western Kentucky, they have a crazy schedule so far. They're hosting Troy. Troy had the big win over Marshall uh, last weekend upsetting the Thundering Herd in Troy Alabama. Western Kentucky's played Austin P 38-27. They beat Hawaii 49-13. Their only loss is a three-point loss on the road to Indiana, 33 30 They beat FIU. As I mentioned, we were gonna talk about FIU again. Florida International University, West Side of Miami, 73 to nothing. I repeat, 73 to nothing. Western Kentucky put up 688 yards in the ballgame. Five points doesn't seem like a lot. I think Troy is pretty good. That doesn't seem like a lot of points, though, for Western uh, Kentucky uh, when their only loss is to the Big Ten, Indiana. I'm going to take Western Kentucky. Again, I, uh, at home, minus the five. I think Troy is really good uh, and better than people think, maybe even better than I think. But I think Western Kentucky probably wins that one by a touchdown. All right, no line for the App State game. Uh, they're 3-1. and one. They're taking on 1-2 and two. Citadel. All right, a little bit of a local flavor from uh, Mobile. Running back Jay Graves-Billups has seen some action for the Citadel, so we'll pay a little bit of attention to that one as well. Marshall trying to rebound after a win over Notre Dame. They've lost two in a row. They get Gardner-Webb uh, this weekend. So, again, last week we went 6-1, and one, and we'll see if we match that uh, as well. Like, tough to do any better than that. Jeez. Uh, didn't have some teams winning, but I was 6-1 and one against the spread uh, in week four, and we gave you the lines based on betonline.ag. All right, we will be back. We'll continue to preview uh, the Cajuns in South Alabama, Louisiana Raging Cajuns beat writer Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate and mid-morning show host at 103.7 The Game will join us next on Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. Easy to get started and easy to play while you're watching your favorite team play. In my pick for this weekend, I like Malik Cunningham with Louisville. 99.5 yards rushing against Boston College, and I like C.J. Stroud against Rutgers. Ohio State will blow out the Scarlet Knights, and I like C.J. Stroud with over 334.5 passing yards. Go to Underdog to make your own picks, just like I did. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find Underdog Fantasy in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt. We're going to talk more about the Raging Cajuns hosting South Alabama in the big ball game in the Sunbelt West. We bring in my buddy Kevin Foote beat writer for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns for the k Advocate and hosts mid-mornings on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, my former stopping count. Kevin, how are we doing? Kevin, let's get into it. What is wrong with the Cajuns?
1: Well, um, I think the number one thing is the offensive line just is not what it was a year ago. I mean, obviously you lost Osiris Torrance, guard to Florida, Max Mitchell to the New York Jets, overall four new starters. They're just not, the football reason is they're just not as good on the offensive line. I mean, and the whole offseason, and you and I have talked about this last year and this year, this team had a fabulous season last year. Obviously, they went 13-1. and You know, they have been 13-1 and in one-score games over the two previous years. That probably was not going to continue. And the loss in Monroe was an example of that. The Rice loss was not a one-play loss. They just got out-executed in that game. Rice turns out, I think, is a little better than some people thought. They they played with Houston last week. But the Monroe loss was just you snap a ball over a punter's head and, and you give them an eight-yard touchdown drive. And instead of beating Monroe last year, 21-16, you lose to them this year, 21-17.
0: What were the expectations for the Cajuns coming in? Because I thought most of it was going to be – I mean, I know there was no Billy Napier and. Uh, I know this is Mike Desimo's first college coaching job, but I just thought we were going to find out that Levi Lewis was just a, a clutch college quarterback for the Cajuns. There's just not that many, you know, three-year starters in college. Uh, and he was, he played parts of five years for Louisiana.
1: Yeah. You know, there, he, Levi always had some critics and look kind. I, I certainly appreciate everything he did. I've never been a big fan of left-handed quarterbacks or especially <laughs> short ones, but, but, but he, you know, they just didn't turn over the ball. Now, this year, the thing that's really disappointing for the Cajuns is they're like one of the nation's leaders in forcing turnovers, and all of you force turnovers, you win, and and they've only turned it over three times. It's not like they've turned it over eight times or anything. They just were so used to never turning it over and always making the play at the end of a game, And and last week in Monroe, they made two or three critical errors that cost them games, whereas over the last two years, they just always seem to make those one or two plays to win the close games. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for them to do that right now.
0: We are talking with Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate and a 103.7 The Game. All right, what's going on with the running backs? We know that, uh, you know, Monty Bailey transferred and Montreal Johnson Jr. transferred. But they still seem to be splitting the... Uh, you know, carries between Chris Smith and Ed Al. What's going on in the backfield? What's going on with the backfield with the Cajuns?
1: Well, I think most people feel like uh, what's going on with the backfield is, you know, the offensive line just hasn't gotten, you know, it's act together just yet. Now, Chris Smith is technically the lead back. If you remember Raymond Colley, he's more of a finesse feedback, kind of like Raymond was. But I think Raymond was a little bit better in time as an inside runner. Than Chris is Jacob Cabote. a kid who's, you know, out of new I out of Baton Rouge, he transferred to Texas A&M from Texas A&M and his whole deal was he was a guy that didn't like to run inside, but he's kind of done a pretty good job of running inside so far, but he was hurt for the last game. He is expected back for Saturday against the South Alabama game. Terrence Williams a kid from Manny who played very little last year has done a pretty good job this year. And Draylon Washington's a kid who didn't play at all last year, and has done okay this year. They just don't have a lead back. They just they don't have someone like Amani Bailey or like Johnson at times or like Elijah Mitchell in the past that could carry their load. I think they're all pretty good backs, but I don't know that any of them is a lead back.
0: All right, so you've stated you don't like short quarterbacks. You don't like left-handed quarterbacks. What about the two-quarterback option with uh, Chandler Fields uh, and the transfer of Ben Woolridge? Uh, how are they handling that? Because in the past, right? Billy Napier had Nunez uh, in his first year and he played uh, Levi every fourth possession, no matter how well Nunez was playing or how poorly or how well Levi did. It was every fourth possession Levi was getting in. It doesn't seem to be that consistent uh, this go around for the Cajuns. Well, it's
1: been fairly consistent until last week was an issue. So he's basically he's playing Ben every third possession, not every fourth possession, and it, you know, I think over the first four games, in one game, Ben outplayed Chandler. In one game, Chandler outplayed Ben. and the other two games, they were about the same. But what happened in Monroe last week is they scored touchdowns in their first two possessions. So everybody's thinking, including myself, well, is he really going to put Ben in on that third possession after the first two possessions went so well? Well, he did, and they didn't score. And they ended up losing a game, you know, 21-17 that they gave away with some special teams gaffes. And so then so everyone was furious. Well, in in Wednesday's press conference, Coach Dez said, "Okay, we're we're basically going to stick to what we've been doing, a scripted deal. But if if we have a situation like in Monroe where we're hot, really hot in the first two, we might push that back, uh, you know, until until he has a stall drive. So he put some conditions on it that hadn't been there before. Look, Coach Dez is like most of us. I don't know where you stand, but you probably stand like most of us. We kind of all hate the idea of a two quarterback system based on performance, and he's been trying to keep it away from being based on performance and being prescripted like Coach Napier did in 2018. But then he's now he's kind of opened the door. So I, I don't know. That's a scary road to start going down. I think.
0: Well, I don't mind the two quarterback system if it's like a you know going way back, Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, two different quarterbacks, or when Taysom Hill comes in. You know, I mean, not yeah. 95% of the time, Taysom mill is going to run it. Everybody knows he's going to run it, and he still gets eight yards at least. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. It feels like, although Chandler Fields may be more mobile uh, in the pocket, it just feels like both these guys uh, like to throw it before they run it. How how often do they have running plays for these two guys just straight out compared to each of them scrambling?
1: Well, they, did, they didn't run hardly at all the first three weeks. And so last week, it was pretty obvious, and Coach Dez confirmed it after, that in practice, he was like, guys, we got to start running. Like, they called a few quarterback runs. They scrambled a little. They were more aggressive to scramble quicker than they were the first three games. Uh, in fact, Woolrich had, I think it was third and 17 or third and 15. It was third and long, and he had a really crucial 19-yard run that kind of kept, kept the drive alive at the end at least give him a chance and it, 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 it didn't end well but it at least gave him a chance but to your to your other point I agree with you the problem with this two quarterback system is they're essentially the same quarterback one's just taller than the other and so one has a been Chandler has a little stronger arm uh, and and Ben's a little taller and, and there's not a lot of difference you're not getting that you know, Taysom Hill or or even years ago for Cajuns, the Dion, they used to have a quarterback named Deon Ray that they would put in, and he would do basically what um, you know, he would do basically what Taysom Hill does for the Saints. And and, and there's not that here.
0: Uh, we're talking with uh, on lockdown Sunbelt with Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate beat writer for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. All right, what about defensively? Because the thing about South Alabama is their defense is good. Because their offense hangs onto the ball. Among the nation's leaders in time of possession, I think at one point in time it was up to 38 minutes of ball game, but now it fell a little bit because uh, they had some short fields because of Louisiana Tech uh, turnovers. So maybe like closer to 33 now. But the,
1: the South Alabama defense is generally fresh. How has the Cajun's offensive issues affected the defense? Well, it's affected in that in the rice game, they were on the field the whole game. And that and that that really hurt them. I think the Cajuns defense is pretty good. Uh, you know, I mentioned on the on the uh, in the trenches, they, they didn't replace Osiris, Torrance, and Max Mitchell, and they certainly haven't replaced Taylor Humphrey. Taylor Humphrey was a big moose of defensive tackle that really helped you defend the run. Their run defense is certainly not bad. Look, this is a defense that has kept this team in the game all 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 even the eastern michigan game was a little deceiving they scored 49 points in that game the halftime score was the cadence were losing 14 to nothing in that game and, and scored touchdowns on seven straight possessions in the second half but the first three of those were began with turnovers this is a defense that is among the nation's leaders in forcing turnovers this is amazing to me. They have nine interceptions already by nine different guys. I mean, that's mm. hard. To, that's incredible to me. So they're doing a great job of forcing turnovers like they have for years. And they're still a good down-for-down defense. They're just not quite as good against the run as they were the last two years. All
0: right. We got a couple of McGill-Tulin alums going at it. Eric Guerra, who seems to have been in Lafayette forever. Uh, exciting uh, corner and uh, punt returner going up against true freshman, Braylon McReynolds, running back, who's not the biggest kid, but all of a sudden he's found himself, you know, just off the two deep to now the backup running back. And you'll see him. Uh, he actually had a kickoff return called back. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown called back to to a penalty. Uh, but it could be interesting uh, getting a showdown between two uh, McGill-Tulin alums uh, straight out of Mobile. Uh, how much, how important is Eric Garer to the uh, raging Cajuns defense and special
1: well, critical. I mean, you know, first of all, he's probably the most experienced guy. He's been starting since he was a freshman here. And Like you right, say, right. He, he he's kind of UL's version of Van Tiffin, who kicked at Alabama for about a decade. It seemed like, <laughs> right? But 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 he, he he's been around here forever. Uh, and, and you know, he had a uh in the in the opener, he had a seventy yard punt return for a touchdown. He he has one of the nine interceptions, and he's one of the team leaders of this team, no question very respected does all the right things and and, and it's kind of like a big brother to the team so he's important in that way now he did have a you know he had one of the mess ups he tried to he filled a punt inside the five fumbled it and fortunately recovered it, it was almost even a total even another disastrous play kind of fumble, tried to field the punt inside the five so uh, you know we interviewed him he was funny because you know he knows a lot of guys from the mobile era. And he said, they're, they've always talked trash back and forth, but in his whole career, he's never lost to South Al. So he said, his buddies are really talking trash. He said, they think they're going to win this year. You know, so they're really talking trash and, you know, on paper, you know, I think they're certainly the favorite to win, but he's never lost to the Jags and he's played a big role in some of those wins against South Alabama in the past.
0: Well, it'd be interesting if he's hearing it from uh, former South Alabama Jaguar Uh, Jalen Tolbert, third round pick for the Cowboys, got his first catch uh, in his NFL career last week or this past week against uh, the Giants. Uh, And I'm certainly sure he'll hear about it if South Alabama does happen to win. All right. Well, I happen to think South Alabama, I think that the numbers are big, you know, opened up at five, maybe up to nine, nine and a half by now. Uh, I think South Alabama is going to win by two scores uh, at least. What can the Cajuns do to muck it up uh, for South Alabama and keep
1: themselves in the game? Uh, you know the, the the you know what's the scary thing? Normally, when you're trying to pull off an upset, you say, "Well, you need to force turnovers." The problem is the Cadets have forced five turnovers in the last two games and still lost. You know, I mean, so that you, you just I just they're gonna have to find a way. And, I, you know, turnovers, I guess, is the only way to do that are big pass plays where you score quickly on a couple of big pass plays t- t- to be to be at a deficit on the line of scrimmage and still win the game. It's hard to do. And that goes against everything that the Cajuns have done in this conference over the last three or four years. They win because they were better on the line of scrimmage, but I don't think they are better on the line of scrimmage in this matchup and so they're gonna to have to find a way to force turnovers maybe get a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown or, or score on one or two big pass plays where the line of scrimmage gets nullified a little bit i think that's what it's going to take kevin foote from the uh, katiana advocate and mid mornings
0: on a 103.7 the game uh, in lafayette thanks for hopping on locked on sunbelt kevin we will see you in lafayette on saturday
1: look forward to it thank you sir
0: We are talking with Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate and 103.7 The Game.